0: Welcome to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And today we are so pleased to welcome author Janice Williams to the podcast. Her debut novel, How to Fail at Flirting, hits shelves December 1st. We both really enjoyed this novel and the graceful approach it took to some really hard topics.
1: How to Fail at Flirting is a contemporary romance novel that has just soared high to the top of my favorite reads of this year. It is full of sweet moments and a dreamy love interest and packs the steam, but we do want you to know that this book handles intimate partner violence and does have some triggering scenes if you or someone you know has experienced physical and emotional violence in a relationship. According to the CDC, one in four women and one in seven men will experience physical violence by their intimate partner at some point during their lifetimes. And according to a 2015 study of violence in trans and non-binary individuals conducted by the National Center for Transgender Equality, the numbers are even higher, with 54% of trans and non-binary individuals experiencing some form of intimate partner violence in their lifetimes. Dr. Naya
0: Turner, our protagonist in How to Fail at Flirting, is representative of one of these survivors. She is a professor at a university in Chicago, is a classic type A heroine who has become engrossed in her work after getting out of an abusive relationship. Her best friends throw together a challenge, a list of romantic tasks to check off as she puts herself back in the dating game. When she meets a charming stranger at a bar, Naya thinks he's the answer to a few items on this list. But when a no-strings-attached hookup begins to blossom into something more, Naya must choose between staying the course and taking a chance.
1: Here's our conversation with Denise.
0: Welcome, Denise. We are so, so, so happy to have you on Read It or List It. Congratulations on your debut novel.
2: Thank you. It's so great to be here. And um, This has been a <laughs> surreal kind of year. Oh, Oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs> we all can relate to that. We would love for you to begin by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure. Uh, So in my day job, I work in higher education. I work at a university. And mostly I spend my time with college students, particularly college students of color, making sure they have everything they need to be successful. And I've always loved writing. But my writing for the last 10, 15 years has been academic and and doing research um, and writing very bad poetry when I had some free time. Um, And uh, shortly after I had my son, I was engaged in some research projects. Work was a bit overwhelming. Life was a bit overwhelming. It was 2016 uh, and I decided I would just sit down and write something fun and How to Fail at Flirting started out as a a short story maybe about ex-boyfriends and kind of grew from there and for me that was just sort of an escape from being buried in momming and work and other writing and it was just fun and then um, it it grew into this novel and it's still my escape and I love that and so um, I love that now when I give this introduction or someone says about yourself. Uh, and I write romance novels, and they're very steamy, and I don't whisper that part anymore. Um, so <laughs> yes, about me. Yeah. Um, I live in Iowa. I grew up in the military, uh, this is a military brat. And so I've lived really all around the world and across the country. But Iowa has been home for about the last 15 years now.
0: Awesome. My first question was going to be what inspired this story. Um, but I guess I guess what inspired. Um, this specific story, if it started out as a short story, since it is your debut novel. Can you tell us a little bit about why Naya's story was the story that you wanted to
2: tell? You know, I think initially Naya's story was very much my story. I was writing very much about my exes um, and not anymore. I didn't date a Davis, but I. Um, I think that's where it started. And this is my debut novel that I published. It's also my debut novel that I've written. So I learned so much about writing characters and telling stories along the way. Um, and so I don't know if I had a lot of intention about writing Naya. Uh, when I started this project, I knew I wanted to talk about a professor. And I knew she was talking about relationships. And um, I kind of always knew she'd be on the other side of something traumatic and healing from that. And then it, it grew from there. As I started writing it, though, it was so important for me to for a few things, I think there's so much vitriol about what professors do and what universities do and who those people are and I really wanted to show this view of somebody who works at a university, who's a professor, who is a real person with human problems and relationships and who has great sex and has all of these other issues and tells bad jokes Um, and so to really humanize that role because I think especially in the last several years there's been so much kind of vitriol around what that is Um, Mm -hmm. and the other piece for me was writing a, a hero who could kind of be with somebody like that, who was finding themselves and healing, but who was also healing himself. Uh, and that's kind of how Jake came to be. But mm-hmm. um, I did learn a lot about creating characters. So in like future books, I've thought about some of those things on the front end versus while well, revising 20 times. So that's been exciting in terms of learning how to write Um, write more intentionally. But I did always know that Naya was kind of quirky and finding herself um, and the voice in the story really grew from there. Yeah. I have
0: such a smile on my face listening to you talk about that. Mm -hmm. I loved Naya. And I think um, mentioning that you really lived around the world um, and all over, especially all over the United States, Naya is, I think, I think a lot of people will be able to resonate with her, especially with coming from multiple cultures and not necessarily fitting into a racial box. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I really, really loved her. So I've just, I just have a smile on my face listening to you talk about your characters.
2: But, I have a smile on my face listening to you, listening to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good, everybody's smiling. <laughs> I was, I was gonna say, I, um, I particularly liked. I live in North Carolina, so I particularly liked that Jake hailed from Raleigh. And, yes. um, I am a lawyer, and I can say that I have been in rooms like the event that um, Naya accompanied Jake to, and, uh, wow. Uh, you hit it on the nail on the head with that entire scene. I oh my gosh.
2: Well, I have to say I'm working on another story that's a lawyer in North Carolina as the main character. So that that's hopefully coming soon.
1: I am I am very excited for that because I loved I I and it's so interesting to hear you talk about kind of how you've figured out maybe some things that you would change in your writing process now that you've done it once, because I felt like you really did the way that the story flowed and everything felt so seat, like you felt like a seasoned writer with the pacing and the character. Like I would not know that you had to kind of, you were kind of trial by error error kind of thing.
2: Oh gosh, thanks. That's so wonderful to hear. (laughs)
1: Um, So what is
0: your process like as you have just sort of discovered your writing process through this book?
2: Yeah, well, now I would say, um, I think in in writing, um, we have sort of people who plot and are very intentional, and the plotters, and then there's the people who roll by the seat of their pants, and they're the pantsers, and I kind of describe myself as like a plotzer. Um, (laughs) I sit down, and I I know the beats and the character sheets, and I I do all this work for about 60% of the book, and then I get bored, and I just start writing until I get to the 70% mark and realize I don't know what's going to happen, and then... (laughs) kind of go from there. Um, So I like to plan on the front end and then immediately abandon most of my plans um, and just kind of let the characters come to me. Writing in 2020 has been um, interesting uh, where I'm usually very linear. I start writing in the very first chapter and I move through as the story goes through. And in 2020, I've just decided, I think this scene will be fun. And I just skip to that. Which yes. candidly I write romance. I have a whole lot of love scenes written and then I've figuring out how to connect the dots. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, some of the things that, I'm working on now, but that has been good. <laughs> that's the best part too because I'm as a reader of
1: romance and I love how you started um when you were described like, you know, describing yourself and um how you used to, you don't, you no longer whisper that you write romance uh, with like some sex scenes and steamy sex scenes. I love that. I feel like as Phoebe and I have read a lot more romance, romance in 2020. And, and I guess in the last couple of years, we like no longer whisper that we shout I was going to say that, Ash, like we don't whisper that we read it anymore. <laughs> we don't whisper that we read it. We don't, we don't whisper that we want it. We want the sex scenes and we yes. are really happy to see like I love all the parts, all the components of a story. I love, you know, that there's these these ebbs and flows to the relationship, but is what I'm looking for is some good chemistry on the page. Um, so I was, and, and speaking of um, Jake, you mentioned, you know, how his character is. He is such a sweetheart. And that is very much my type. I know that people have different types of, you know, who they, who they want as their, as the hero in their um, romance novel. But for me, it is very much a sweet guy that is just nurturing and caring. Um, And so for Naya, why do you think it was so important to have somebody like Jake as her partner?
2: Sure. And I, love Jake. My husband very much knows that if he ever takes on corporeal form, like we're going to have a conversation about an open marriage because Jake is is pretty great. Um, I'm clapping or, and giggling to myself. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Haven't we all
0: had a conversation with our partners it. like that? <laughs>
2: and you didn't ask this, but the inspiration for Jake actually came from, uh, I was on a business trip with some uh, colleagues down in Texas and a guy at a bar in a blue polo um, was buying us drinks and kind of hitting on us, I guess. I was sort of oblivious to it. My friend said this after. Uh, and this was not a love connection. I don't know his name, but thanks to you <laughs> guy in a blue shirt, you helped me out here. Uh, but I thought, you know, what if uh, what if that went well? Like, what if there was this sort of cheesy meeting, but it ended up being somebody special to you? Uh, and so that's actually where the inspiration for Jake, I, I went back up to my room and, and wrote out the first kind of meet cute scene with him after I had that experience. I,
1: I love that. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go, we're gonna search high and low around the country for inspiration for Jake.
2: <laughs> well, I'm picturing Henry Cavill, but yeah, like see see what you can find, because that would be <laughs> excellent. So for Naya, I thought, you know, I don't think she could be with anybody who was anything like her ex. And so mm-hmm. for her, it'd be really important to be with somebody who was unassuming, who wasn't um arrogant, who she didn't feel judged by. And I think from those very early interactions, she has some pretty serious flirting fails. Um, And he kind of fails right along with her and his sort of nerdiness and um, kind of laid back demeanor for her is just really appealing because it feels safe. Um, And in a lot of ways, she feels safe with him from the beginning, even when she doesn't feel safe in general because of the the trauma that she's experienced. Uh, and so that's really where that starts with him. And I think in every interaction, he really reiterates, this isn't like a show. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at a certain point, I think um, as the book goes on, she really has to figure out like, what, what does he need? Um, you know, what does she need to give to him? In addition to what does he give to her? Uh, and he really open to some of those conversations and to, Um, understanding her and so I I think that that's the only type of person she could be with at least at that point in her life and it's a romance so she'll be with him forever but um, uh, somebody who would be dominant would be arrogant would be kind of that alpha hero just really wouldn't work for her
0: yeah yeah I'm never, like, Ashley was nervous. She was like, oh, Phoebe, I know you don't like insta-love, but, like, that's sort of, like, one of the tropes at play here. But I didn't find their meeting and their, like, as their relationship grew, it didn't feel like insta-love, like, the way that we see it in a lot of romance novels because it felt like a very natural progression of, like, okay, I met a guy at a bar. This is what one of the challenges that my friends have given me. Okay. And then um, just, I don't know, I loved how their relationship blossomed. It felt so, so, so natural.
1: Yeah. Um, And I feel like it was probably a lot because it, Phoebe and I had talked about this, that Jake had this like, uh, you know, prior relationship that really meant that he this for the, this was like the first time he was really experiencing love in those like instant sparks and that felt yeah. so real to me and just it felt like a very real meet cute moment where the sparks are flying and oh my gosh this could be something great if we let it and can make it
2: work I think so too and you yeah, know they're both in their 30s it was really important to me to write characters sort of at the age where I am um but also for them you're right it's it's kind of first love for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have this almost sort of, I don't know, teenagery imprinting on each other. I think he's been <laughs> with her, in love with her from very early on. And again, I think she feels safe with him. And that's so novel that in some ways, yeah, that insta-love is, is somewhat what you would see in, in people in their, their teens, because for both of them, it really is that first time that they're kind of letting themselves feel that.
0: Which is really yeah. great to see with, I mean, Ashley and I both met our husbands when we were really young, um, but we have so many friends who, you know, are in their late thirties or, um, or their mid thirties, late twenties, whatever. Um, and, uh, I remember when we spoke to Jasmine Guillory, she wrote a novel that had a romance between characters in their fifties. And like that representation is really important for people to see because not everybody meets their partner in college, you know? Yeah. Um, so I thought that that was really, really, really wonderful. And they have such great chemistry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I sort of loved writing. Um, they're only in the book momentarily, but Felicia and Aaron are Naya's best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did meet in college. And so sort of mirroring their story with what she's going through and then her seeing, you know, it's it's just different. But one yeah. is kind of better than the other.
0: Well, we want to yeah. talk about Felicia and Aaron a little bit later on. Okay. <laughs> because-
1: <laughs> We, we love I loved them. that. I love Felicia. I, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll okay. pause on that for a second. Um, and yeah, do you have any advice for, because like Phoebe just said, their chemistry between Naya and Jake was off the of charts. It felt so real and so fun, especially at the beginning where they were just kind of like being cheesy, but like it wasn't, I wasn't like rolling my eyes. I was just like laughing along with them. And, um, So do you have any advice for romance writers as they're trying to navigate creating that, you know, that back and forth, that banter between their characters?
2: Yeah, I think um, I'll admit I just love cheesy jokes. And so that's where a lot of that initial banter started. But, you know, I do think it's that chemistry so often comes from thinking about what the character wants and what they don't know they want. And like Naya, for example, in her day-to-day life has to be pretty serious. She's a woman in academia and in STEM. And there are a lot of expectations around, quote, professionalism and all in the patriarchy. That's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but in her day life, she has to be pretty um straight line. And so that she can cut free with her friends and then she can find herself cutting free with that. But that's not something she probably would have ever identified that she'd want in a romantic partner. And so when he is kind of playful with her, she they can just feed on each other. And I think the same for him that he didn't necessarily have that with his with his previous relationship. And so um, they're able to feed on that. But I think so much of chemistry is somebody else being what we're not sure that we need or that we don't know that we want. And then being able to build on that because then you not only get to see the chemistry between the two people on the page, but you sort of get to see them coming to the realization that, oh, I'm not just drunk. This is chemistry. I mean, the gin yeah. out. Uh, But this is, <laughs> you know, there's something here that's different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you, we've mentioned this and we've alluded to it. And um, we made sure to tell our our readers up front or our listeners up front that this story does have a very serious element to it, um, talking about the lasting impact and trauma that survivors of relationship violence face as they kind of navigate new relationships. So for any, um, for survivors who pick up your book, is there, what, what message would you like them to take away from Naya's story?
2: You know, I don't know that that message would even be necessarily for survivors because I think everybody really has their own story in, in moving through, moving past, living with, um, relationship violence, whatever that is. I, I think my message in general though, is that when you go through something traumatic, um, in Naya's example, relationship violence, that, uh, I think it affects you. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's no way that it can't, right? It, it, it affects how you move through the world. Sometimes it can affect how you see yourself. Um, and there's all of that. But that it doesn't preclude you from having a happily ever after, from having good friends and good laughter and hopefully good sex eventually if you want it, <laughs> um, and all of those things that that you can contain multitudes. But also, yes. that, and I think this specifically for folks who are not survivors or maybe outside of that experience, that finding that love doesn't obliterate the trauma either. Um, the good sex and the laughter and the great friends and the love of your life um, don't erase the Im- imprints that trauma has on you. And so yeah. mm-hmm. that those two things can, can exist in tandem and often do exist in tandem. And uh, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler that by the end of the book, Naya acknowledges that she needs outside help and starts to see a counselor. Um, and that's mm-hmm. where she comes to some of those realizations. But that was really important to me to show that... Um, you know, kind of like in a less serious way. When I was writing, a professor, one of the early feedbacks I got is, "Well, professors don't do that. They don't get out, go out, and get drunk." And I was like, "Do you know any professors?" <laughs> uh, you know, that that happens. People contain these different elements. And then, with her being a survivor of trauma, and um, you know that trauma being brought up in the in the book and in her story, that she did need some outside help. That he couldn't be the only thing she was clinging to, um, and that he could be really supportive in that. So all of that was really important to me to show. And I I hope I did service to those stories. Um, every story is different, obviously, but um, service to folks who are living with that, have lived with that, you know, will live with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, thank you. I will, yeah. I will say that I, I mean, we both found that you handled the trauma um, that this can cause with like such grace because it felt very just true to how, We process trauma and um, I love that you brought up that, you know, she she is going to get counseling and that finding like a happily ever after does not erase um, trauma and part of like we get to see her move forward, which I think is probably the most important thing. And her and Jake move forward with, you know, what he experienced in his relationship prior to meeting Naya. Um, So if you feel comfortable speaking on it, did you do any kind of research? Um, Did you speak to survivors or um, speak to any counselors um, while creating this novel?
2: Yeah, so I spoke with um, a number of different people and um, survivor advocates as well. Uh, Did a lot of reading and research. Part of my academic training is not in depth around um, serving and helping people who have had traumatic experiences, but um, to at least support them in different ways. So that's been part of my academic training as well. Um, And then just a lot of having a lot of folks read it from different perspectives um, to share. Oh, you know, I don't know. She'd probably there's a a moment in the very beginning and they're flirting and kind of touching and he kind of loosely grabs her arm. Um, And, you know, a friend said, you know, I think she'd have a reaction to that. I was like, oh, you're right. Um, And so looking for those those small moments, definitely, again, like no, no process of healing is exactly the same. But I tried to look at those elements that would be realistic to her from all that research, from talking to people, from my own kind of training. um, And then reading, I think other romance novels that have dealt with this and dealt with that. Well, Mm -hmm. to see, you know, how do we make sure to how can I tell a love story while still telling a healing story as well?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. A healing story. I I love love that. that. Um, And so, obviously, we know that, like, with a romance novel, we always get a happily ever after or, at the very least, a happily for now. So, where do you think Jake and Naya are now?
2: Well, actually, I couldn't leave these characters alone. So, I know exactly (laughs) where they are because they're in a few books down the line. Oh, Um, yay! And I have, actually, a a bonus epilogue. So, they they do get married. um, In my next book, um, which comes out next fall, you get to see their wedding. Um, and then, um, kind of see where they are as a couple and with their jobs and things along those lines. But, uh, you know, I think in 2020, I got this question a few months ago, um, Naya would have, they both thought maybe since we're quarantined, we'll take up all these habits and maybe Naya will learn <laughs> to cook and Jake will take care of the yard or whatever, um, and then, probably all, both of them got about five minutes into quarantine and started some new business venture. Uh, <laughs> some research to advocate for immigrant kids um, and technology discrepancies. I wrote this whole like research paper for her in my head. And then uh, I don't know what he would be doing, but they're both workaholics. And um, in the bonus epilogue that I wrote that I'll release probably um, early in 2021, they kind of talk about that like how they both are really committed to their jobs and they realize that. In this relationship, they don't have to pretend that they're not committed to their jobs. They don't have to, um, you know, pretend they're the people that put down their work at 5 p.m. Because they just know that they're both, they're not those people. Uh, And so part of that whole bonus epilogue and they get engaged and it's cute and sweet and lots of kissing um, is also looking at how they've come to kind of respect each other's passion for their work and job commitments and how they have all this open communication. And I think that's kind of where they are.
1: My jaw is on the floor right now. I am so happy because one of the, my first question I, that I always want to ask whenever somebody writes a romance novel that I love and I devour, I'm like, okay, but like, are we going to have more books? Like, are we going to get somebody else's story and we still get, you know, Naya and Jake in the background? I am so happy. Cannot wait for the second epilogue too. um, <laughs> of oh. <laughs> that was going to be my
0: question when I met well, we were talking about Felicia and Aaron because I absolutely loved them um, and like we, uh, because my husband and I met in college and Um, we've had to walk a lot of friends through adult relationships and we're like we have no idea what we're doing we met when we were 18 Um, so we're not the people to ask for relationship advice (laughs) Um, so are we going to get Felicia and Aaron's story because I love um, we always get a lot of like romance novels when they're just meeting which is obviously the exciting part but like when you're married and in a long term relationship there is still romance to be had (laughs) Um definitely. So to tell them for
2: Felicia and Aaron's story, I kind of wrote out how they met in in college. Um, but actually, the idea I have for them is maybe not a romance. I think they might like solve a mystery on a cruise ship or something like that. Um, Felicia is a a, a thriller writer uh, that kind of got cut out in editing, but that's her job. And so, um, yeah, in my head they they try to go on a. Second honeymoon, leave their kids with Naya and Jake, and then uh, maybe solve a murder or something like that. But I love uh, that. I that do is... love them as characters. And Felicia is actually based on my oldest friend. Um, our our her parents introduced my parents to each other uh, when they were stationed in California, and so I've known her since I was five years old. And anyway, I sent her an early copy of the book, and she's like, You know, I really like this Felicia character. And I was like, Well, that's good because it's you. <laughs> oh, that's so special. I
1: love that. So, who, um, you mentioned that you have a couple other characters that you're writing about in this world. Can we, do we know, can we know who those characters are?
2: Sure. Um, well, only one of them was in the first book, but the next. Uh, the hero in the next book is Felicia and Naya's trainer, Wes. Yes. And, okay, good. Um, I love, love, love Wes. He competes for me. He competes with Jake. So I guess it'll be a really open, fake, imaginary character marriage with my husband. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he's the hero in the next book that'll be out next fall. And then um, hopefully the books after that are actually characters that you meet um, in that book.
1: Okay, great. I'm very excited. So everybody, mark your calendars. We've got a second epilogue in early 2021. And then next fall, we get to look forward to another book. I'm very excited.
2: (laughs) I will say I also, in this learning process, I was a big overwriter. So I probably cut about 30,000 words out of this book. And many of them were love scenes because I wrote too many of those.
1: Oh, we need Um, them. We need the bonus. No, never too many.
2: Oh, I'm, you know, one of them is completely told in Star Wars references and other ones about cake. Uh, there's two more in North Carolina. So I, I think I've got a lot of content to push out in those newsletters.
1: Well, you can't cut out the North Carolina and you can't cut out the cake. Now, we, we have to know you. Obviously, it's Nia's favorite favorite food. Um, what is her favorite type of cake or what is your favorite type of cake? If you're also a cake lover.
2: I am a cake lover and, oh, that's like having to choose a a child or a romance novel. I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, Initially in the book, um, Jake brings her a piece of wedding cake. Um, He's in a wedding and then he comes Mm. to see her after and he brings her a piece of wedding cake and it was a white chocolate with raspberry filling. Oh, yum. Mm. So good. And some kind of decadent frosting. So I think probably that would be up there.
1: Yeah, I think that's, I, I think I would say the same thing. I love any type of cake that's got a filling to it.
2: <laughs> and to me, cake is a, is a delivery system for frosting. And so <laughs> that's what I'm there for.
1: I'm, I'm a
0: cake person. I'm not a frosting person. I like the cake.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I think it's somebody who didn't like icing. And so we could like beautifully split a piece of cake because yeah. I was fine taking the icing. He would take the cake. <laughs> maybe the best thing about him hence he is
1: an act another thing that we love to do or I guess I don't know if if we we love to do it I definitely love to do it I won't speak for Phoebe I love to do it you're just more creative than I am (laughs) I love to pair songs with books and a lot of times when we talk to authors they'll say like I had they had a playlist what that they were listening to kind of as they were writing do you have any songs that come to mind when you think of Jake and Naya's story
2: So um, I I, I usually do have a playlist for a book as I write. I didn't for this one. And so um, I'm putting together a playlist uh, for another interview. But the one song that has always spoke to me about this book, and it's odd, and most people probably will have not heard of it. um, It's by Garfunkel and Oates, who are a comedy duo. And they do songs. They had a TV show on Netflix, I think. And they have this song called Rainbow Connections. And, um, the video for, it, it's just very sweet and it's about the music video is like a little cartoon, I think a moose and a, a monkey or something. I don't know, it's two animals and they fall in love and they get married. Um, and then about, um, same sex marriage. Um, and so that part really doesn't touch on the book, but it just talks about how, you know, everything that you bring makes you, you, and everything I bring makes me, me, and we can fit together and, we'll have this sort of beautiful love story and the lyrics to it just so much speak to me to who Jake and Naya are and their story. Um, and I just love the little music video and I love listening to the song. And so that is one song that I always think about, uh, when I think about this book is yeah. Rainbow Connections by Garfunkel and Oates. All right. Well, we will so. look it
1: up. We will check it out. That will be the first thing that I do when we end this interview is go check it out.
2: Watch the YouTube because then you can see the little animated <laughs> animal.
0: Very important element. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Denise. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners?
2: Oh gosh, just thank you for having me. And I, I've been able to escape so much into romance in 2020 and I'm sure it'll be 2021 too. Um, so I hope everybody who's listening, you know, is finding that escape too and, and taking care of yourselves and... um. Yeah, I hope you have great love stories of your own. Oh, thank you so much.
0: Definitely can relate. We've fallen into romance so much in 2020. And we are so grateful for the generous writers like yourself who have given us those escapist stories. So we had such a great experience reading your book. And we hope that it helps a lot of people feel less alone and a little bit more hopeful. How to Fail at Flirting is available December 1st, wherever you get your books. Thank you so much, Denise. Thank you. I think that Denise Williams might be my new my new best friend, my new favorite person, new favorite author. What a joy to speak to someone like her. I'm so excited and we cannot recommend How to Fail at Flirting enough.
1: I know, I had a smile on my face from ear to ear, that entire interview. I've never, like, we have interviewed some amazing authors on this podcast, and I am so grateful every single time. Um, And to hear just, like, the excitement and her voice and the joy at her book and what we get to look forward to from her, I I can't wait. She's immediately, I, I think she just became an auto author for me.
0: Agreed. I can't wait for more books in this universe. I so appreciate the, like we kept saying, the interview, the grace, the respect, the the authenticity that she brought to a story like this. Um, I really think that this is something that will speak to so many survivors, mm-hmm. and especially for people who have not experienced intimate partner violence. I think yeah. that this is a really great look into how we process trauma and how we
1: we move on and yeah I love how she said that this was a story of um healing and she reminded us that we all do have multitudes in our professional lives <laughs> in our personal again. lives I know <laughs> and um that's just that's exactly it we do contain multitudes we are not what happened to us we are so much more than that. And I am so thankful for this book. I'm so thankful for Denise getting to like sitting down and taking the time to talk with us. And I'm just so thankful for what we have to look forward to from her. Yes, definitely. So if you enjoyed today's
0: author interview as much as we did, make sure to leave a review and a rating on Apple podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to read it or list it so that you never miss an
1: episode. And be sure to tune into our History Huh series and stop by today's Instagram post at Read it, or list it Pod with your thoughts on today's author interview.
0: You can also find our individual reviews of How to Fail at Flirting on our websites, readandwrite.com and shelflovebookblog.com.
1: And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at readandwrite and at underscore shelflove underscore to find out how you can be a part of Read It or List It. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at ReadItOrListItPod. All rights reserved, 2020.